Well, good morning and praise God that we can all be here together. Just a reminder, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago that we've kind of shifted where now our live streams are on YouTube. So just so you guys know, one, you guys will be receiving the link that you get to the sermon and that will take you to YouTube and our site. Also, if you aren't able to join us, if you ever just want to watch the live stream on YouTube, please do that. Um, that'll just be kind of one of the new formats that we're using. So let me open us up in prayer as we continue the conversation. And today we're going to be ending our series on the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we just love you so much. And I just pray that you would guide us today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to me and through me. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that we better understand you. You are so key to our lives. God, you in entirety are so key to our lives. But you have blessed us with the gift of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us to empower us and encourage us and strengthen us ultimately for ministry and for your glory and your will. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that as we learn more about you, I pray that you are softening all of our hearts to be open to just who you are and how magnificent, incredible it is that you dwell inside of each and every one of us. And I just pray this in your name. Amen. Well, I hope you guys are doing great. And today, it's kind of, you know, this is a sermon that really was birthed out of the Holy Spirit, kind of a last second kind of thing, but I'm excited because it's a great way to wrap things up. And I want to just start off, you know, by having you guys think about if you have anybody in your life that pours into you. In other words, is there anybody that encourages you? Is there someone that is discipling you or is there someone that is mentoring you? For myself, for as long as I can remember, I have had someone or in many cases, different people mentoring me. And I have just loved that mentoring is so important to me. There's just something so powerful about having someone who has been where you are and is at a place that you want to, uh, in the future, either a person you want to become or the place you want to end up, they're there. And so having that person pour into you to give you advice, to share their wisdom is so powerful. Now, having a mentor, because there are definitely people out there that don't really want a mentor, or they don't want discipleship. And part of the reason is having a great mentor sometimes is difficult because the best mentors, they challenge you. They're not okay with you just staying where you're at. They want to see you grow and become the person you're supposed to be. And so there's times when mentors will call you out because you are falling short of all that you can become. And ultimately, I found that those who are discipling others, those that are mentors, ultimately, they're individuals that we want to be like. They're people that we want to emulate, that we want to become. We want to be where they're at. And so in many ways, mentees or those who are being discipled, they end up imitating the actions and behaviors of their mentors. The New Testament talks a lot about being discipled or talks about the concept of discipleship. And often we read and we see that the Bible talks about being imitators of those that we should desire to be like. And when you think about discipleship and mentoring, you probably think about the 12 disciples. And simply by name, it's pretty clear that these were guys that were being discipled. They were being mentored. And we look at scripture and these individuals, those who contributed to the Bible, we see that they have a lot to say about who we should be 
imitators of. 1 John 2 verses 1 through 6, reading from the NSAB today, it says this, it says, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is a propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. By this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. So we're supposed to walk as the one that we want to follow, the one that is mentoring us, the one that we want to be like, and that is Jesus. We need to imitate how he lives. 1 Peter 2, verses 21 through 24. For you have been called for this purpose, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example so that you would follow in his steps. He who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth, and while being abusively insulted, he did not insult in return while suffering. He did not threaten, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself brought our sins in his body up on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness by his wounds we were healed and so christ is our example the way that he lived scripture tells us that what we read what we hear about the way that jesus was how he interacted with others that's the example that he has left for us who we should try to imitate who we need to be like and the last one is john 13 verses 12 through 15. so when he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and reclined at the table. He said to them, so this is Jesus, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then I, the Lord, and the teacher washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you a example that you also should do as I did to you. An example, even Jesus is telling us he's the example and we should follow the way he lived, his behaviors, how he treated others. But it wasn't just the disciples, the 12 disciples, the followers of Jesus that talked about imitating Christ. Paul, he did the same thing. And though he wasn't one of the 12 disciples, he knew the importance of imitating or, or copying or behaving similarly to Jesus. And listen to what he says. We have two verses here. The first one is 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. So Paul, he's encouraging the Corinthian church 
He's saying, hey, you know what? Imitate me, copy me, be mentored be, by, by me, be discipled by me, because I am imitating Christ. I am taking that which I know to be true, the behaviors that true believers need to have, and I am doing those things. I am imitating Christ. And so be imitators of me because of who I am also imitating. Ephesians 5 verses 1 through 2, again, talking about imitation. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us in offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. So we see that those closest to Jesus and the man who wrote so much of the Bible, they are talking about imitating the character, the behaviors of Christ. Now, one of the actions or behaviors or lifestyles, whichever way you want to refer to it, that Jesus made that Christians everywhere should imitate is his reliance on the Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit, and you might not have realized that, and you might not have even thought that. But the Holy Spirit was involved in Jesus' life, and we're going to be talking about that in greater detail. But first, we have to understand that Jesus needed to rely on the Holy Spirit. And you may be asking yourself, why isn't Jesus God? Why would Jesus being God, why would he have to need or rely on the Holy Spirit? And that's a great question. And that's because scripture tells us that while Jesus is God, scripture tells us that Jesus was also 100% human. Now, in our logic, 100 plus 100 does not equal 100. It would be 200. It doesn't make sense to us. But not everything in the Bible makes sense to us from a worldly understanding. Last week, we talked about spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding as we're being led by the Holy Spirit. So keep that in mind that Jesus is 100% God. He is 100% human. And while we don't understand all the details biblically and we don't fully understand the process, what this means, Jesus being 100% human, it means that Jesus at some point, pretty much I would say probably when he was born, he gave up access to all or some of his divine abilities because he was 100% human. That's a huge sacrifice, not just dying for us, but giving up some of the power and strength that you have as a God or as God, he gave that up because he loves us, because he had to be 100% human. So this means that Jesus truly felt pain. When you see movies like The Passion of the Christ and you see what Jesus went through, he felt those things the same way that you and I would. We read that Jesus was tempted in the desert and there was probably other times where temptations came up in Jesus' life because he was 100% human along with being 100% God. But here's the thing. Jesus never sinned. And that hopefully has a little more impact on you when you realize that. 
that Jesus's ability not to sin wasn't because he was God. He was 100% human as well. It's just that he did it. He was perfect. He was amazing. Jesus experienced or went through the same things that we do because he was 100% human, but he did not sin. You know, think about this. When we read the Bible, we see that there was times that Jesus showed his emotions. He was angry at the temple when he threw over the money changers, their tables. He was angry. It was a righteous anger, but he was angry, but he didn't sin. There was a righteous anger. And to understand his actions, you have to understand righteous anger because you may think, hey, if you're angry, you're sinning. No, scripture tells us you can be angry, just don't sin. And then how many times do we read in the New Testament that Jesus, he was frustrated with his disciples because so often he would preach and teach to them, and yet they would forget what he had taught. They wouldn't understand it. They acted like it, but then all of a sudden they would go and do the opposite. And we see time and time again that Jesus is like, oh, you a little faith. He gets frustrated. And I think there's times where people don't want to think that Jesus had emotions or that he was frustrated or angry. But by doing that, you are discounting his 100% humanness and how powerful it is that he did not sin. Now, this is so important to understand this humanness for this reason that Jesus' death on the cross, which was a sacrifice for our sins, it would mean absolutely or it would have meant absolutely nothing if Jesus wasn't 100% human. That was the sacrificial system that we read in the Old Testament. And we know that Jesus became that ultimate sacrifice for us. So he had to be human. He had to feel the pain. And, and here's the thing is that if Jesus didn't really die, if in his divinity, the fact that he's also 100% God, he somehow supernaturally didn't die or didn't feel pain, then his sacrifice on the cross, it wouldn't have appeased God. He wouldn't have been the propitiation for our sins. It wouldn't have made a difference. That's why understanding Jesus's humanness is so important. His humanness also means that Jesus, he can relate to us. I think sometimes we think there's no way God can relate to us. Well, one of the persons of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, he can because he is also 100% human. He understands our struggles, our fears, the anxiety that you go through. Jesus experienced anxiety, probably greater anxiety than you can ever imagine. We have never been walking towards our crucifixion. I cannot even imagine. I cannot even begin to imagine what that would be like. The fear, the stress, the anxiety. Jesus understands being a human. He understands what we go through. And here's where it ties into the Holy Spirit. Jesus also understood that he needed help to do all that God had called him to do. And that is why Jesus relied on and was empowered by the Holy Spirit.
It was funny the other day, Emily said, hey, you got to remind everybody that we are all human. We are not also 100% divine. So if Jesus, who also was 100% divine, Jesus, who is also God, if he needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do you think we, who are totally flawed, who are not even in the neighborhood of being perfect, how much more do you think we need the Holy Spirit in our lives? I know I do. I can do nothing without the leading of the Holy Spirit. I can do nothing without God. I keep telling many of you each week, I cannot get up in the morning and tie my shoes. I cannot get out of bed if it is not for God. He chooses if I get up or not. And that reality changes my perspective 100%. And so does the fact that I need the Holy Spirit in my life because Jesus also did. And I want to be an imitator of Christ. So I have to understand the value and the importance of having the Holy Spirit leading me and guiding me. And as we saw last week, in every area of our lives. So let's take a look at the Holy Spirit's role in Jesus's life. And here is the amazing fact is that the Holy Spirit was involved in a part of Jesus's life for all his 33 years. That's what's so amazing is that the Holy Spirit was there when Jesus was born because Jesus was born. He was conceived through the Holy Spirit. Luke 1 verse 35, it says, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, also the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. Jesus wasn't conceived in the way that we all were. The Holy Spirit did something amazing. We don't understand it all, but Jesus was conceived through the Holy Spirit. And the big part of that is that in order to be sinless, he could not have been conceived in the regular human process. So Jesus didn't have the sins of his father. He didn't have like the sin just running through him. It wasn't there. That's what's so amazing. And so the Holy Spirit was a part of that process in the very beginning. We also see that the Holy Spirit was there to prepare Jesus for ministry. Luke 3, verses 21 and 22. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. So we see this, that the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit dwells in us. The Holy Spirit fell upon or came upon Jesus. And this was right before he started his ministry. This was basically part of that preparation process. So not only was the Holy Spirit there when he was born and part of that process, now the Holy Spirit, we read that he is there again, preparing Jesus for ministry. And then we see throughout this short time of ministry, but obviously powerful time, that Jesus did all that God needed him to do for us, leading up to his sacrifice on the cross. The Holy Spirit was leading him. Acts 1 Verses 1 and 2, 
the first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. So we see here that even Jesus, the Holy Spirit, led him or guided him to certain orders, certain instructions that he was to give the apostles. And that was made possible by God's power manifested through the Holy Spirit who dwelled in Jesus. That's what's so incredible. Again, it's understanding that the Holy Spirit is a part of Jesus' life in the same way that he's part of our life. Luke 4, verses 1 through 2, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. We talked about this last week. For 40 days being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days, and when they had ended, he became hungry. So the Holy Spirit was guiding Jesus, leading him to the desert to be tempted. As we continue here, Luke 4, verses 4 through 15, quite a few verses here, just wanting to show you and wanting to reinforce how Jesus was empowered and led and guided by the Holy Spirit. Now we shift and we talk about how Jesus was empowered for ministry through the Holy Spirit. So Luke 4, verses 14 and 15. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through all the surrounding district, and he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. See, he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowering and guiding him to do God's will. Acts 10, verse 38, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. You see all these descriptive words. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell upon him. The Holy Spirit led him. The Holy Spirit affected every aspect of Jesus' life. And there's this kind of interesting bookend until Jesus' return, his second coming. So there's more to Jesus' story, to his, his love for us. But as we read, we know of Jesus' birth and kind of the bookend to that in that part of his human life here on earth was his crucifixion and resurrection. So now let me take you to Hebrews, and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in Jesus' life towards the end of his time here on earth. So Hebrews 9, verse 14. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works, to serve the living God. So Jesus' sacrifice 
The Holy Spirit helped him in that time. So the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself, Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice for us. And the Holy Spirit helped him because in his 100% humanness, just like our 100% humanness, we don't want to die for someone else. But Jesus loved us so much, he was willing to do so. And we know that Jesus said, Lord, or God, Father, if there's any way for this cup to be taken away from me, you know, you'll do it, but, but your will be done. Your will is more important. Jesus wanted to do his Father's will. So even though he didn't want to die for us, he was going to become, or he did become sin. He took our sins upon him. He became what his Father, God, hates sin. Why? Because he loves us. And how was this made possible? It was through the empowering and strengthening of the Holy Spirit. It helped him in this incredibly trying time. Again, because Jesus was 100% God, but 100% human. And I hope this is really setting in that it is because of Jesus' 100% humanness that he needed to rely and be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I want to end on this, that if we want to be more like Jesus, if we feel that Jesus is a person we want to imitate, that if Jesus was standing right here, we would want Jesus to mentor us and to disciple us. If that is how your heart feels, and I hope it does, then we need to be imitators of Christ in order to become the kind of Christians that God wants us to become and we need to follow Jesus's example and we need to intentionally, and I added that this morning because it wasn't in my notes, we need to intentionally allow the Holy Spirit to be in, involved in our lives. And as scripture tells us, we went through this last week, it's every aspect of your life. We need to let the Holy Spirit be involved and we need to do that intentionally because as Jesus or if Jesus is the example again that you want to follow if that's who you want to be like then you need to understand you need we need the Holy Spirit to empower us to guide us to lead us to counsel us to help us make the best decisions amen Lord Jesus thank you Thank you for your being 100% human along with being 100% God. Because you understand us. There is nothing that we go through in our lives or that we will go through that you can't sympathize with, that you don't understand. Thank you for that. Thank you for going through pain that we will never understand, that we will never get because you love us. And thank you for showing us how important the Holy Spirit is in our lives. That you are the example that we need to imitate. Lord Jesus, thank you for that. Thank you for not just leaving us here on earth without an example of someone to imitate, to be like. Holy Spirit, thank you 
for dwelling in us. Thank you for guiding us and directing us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us in all the variety of ways that you do that in a louder and louder way so we can be a church, so we can be Christians led by you, empowered by you to do God's will. Thank you for all that you are to us. Thank you for all the things you do in us and through us. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Well, hey, guys, we love you. We're glad that you guys could join us. For you uh, you guys watching online, glad you guys could join us. Now we're going to transition 